Let us hear God's call to worship this morning, which comes to us from Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who who made us. We are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. So the Lord calls us into his presence to worship, and he greets us now with these words, Grace and peace unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is from Romans 12. If you would turn with me to chapter 12 of Romans, beginning to read with verse 9 and reading through the end of that chapter. Romans 12, verse verse 9, the word of God. Let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. And seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weeping with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Thus far, the reading of God's most holy word. Now we turn to Psalm 116. Psalm 116. We're reading through the 19 verses of that psalm. And we'll be looking particularly this morning at verses 16 and 17. So let us once again hear the word of God. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I suffered distress 
in anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe even when I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Thus far, the reading of God's most holy word. May God indeed bless both the reading and the hearing of his word. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, Thanksgiving Day is a day which has many different connotations and traditions, um, some of them based on biblical principles, some of them perhaps not so much. The biblical principles that are there are important to remember and yet we recognize that there is a particular historical situation in our history, in our culture that we remember on this day. It is also a day which has been officially recognized by civil authorities. It's a day which we as a nation at least nominally pause to give thanks. We are, of course, very familiar with the story of the pilgrims who decided that as God had maintained for them the ability to, to survive, not all did, not very easily, but they survived a full year in this new land, and they stopped to give thanks to God. You know, the idea of a celebration in terms of God's goodness is in and of itself a great uh, principle that we find in the scriptures. There are many places in which uh, we see, in, particularly in the Old Testament, the great events of salvation that has taken place, and there was a celebration including a feast. The idea of holding a feast as a way of acknowledging God's blessing in a particular way uh, is to simply acknowledge that we are here because 
of what God has given to us. And we thankfully participate in what God has given unto us. And yet as we set aside a specific occasion and even think specifically about what we might be thankful for, one of the things that uh, maybe some of you do um, is to uh, just make a list. Here are all the different things that I'm thankful for today. And perhaps you even do that around the dinner table with your family. That's all well and good. and That's great. We ought to remember and take time and pause and look back and reflect and say, wow, there are many things to be thankful for, even though we often are very quickly to, first of all, complain about a lot of things. But perhaps more basic, let us remember the reason that we can even begin to think about the concept of thankfulness. As we look this morning at this portion of Psalm 116, I want us to think about the concept of, just, just simply the concept of thankfulness. Why do we even think in that manner? And then we will see that it has something to do with who we are and who and, and the God who made us and how he has made us. And from there then we will note specifically the thankfulness that we have in Christ as God's redeemed people, restored to what God has made us and a life of relationships. See, there are many expressions of thanksgiving and praise in the Psalms. After all, the Psalms are the inspired response of God's people, and one of the things that God has done historically and throughout the history of not only the Scriptures, but in reality throughout the history of the world, is that God leads us to respond to Him with thanksgiving in our heart. But particularly, the Psalms are, of course, the respired response of God's people. It is what the Psalms are all about. And so the psalmist begins with this fundamental reality. I am your servant. I am your servant. We learn a great deal about who we are and who God is from the fact that we are created in the image of God. And yet in a sense in which we speak of that relationship being created in the image of God or of understanding relationship with God is now because of the fall into sin that that relationship and that expression of that relationship in terms of thanksgiving must and can only be in the context of redemption. And so as the psalmist states, I am your servant, put that into the context, I am your servant because I have been redeemed from sin and made your servant through Jesus Christ. By nature, on the other side, or the other end of things, we understand that by nature, because of the fall into sin, we are the servants of Satan. And so what we have expressed 
in terms of I am your servant is to understand that we have been released from that bondage. We have been freed from that bondage and we are in the presence of God. You know, I would guess that you probably have no idea how many times in the course of even, let's say, a day, certainly a week, that you express that word. Thank you. We do it in many different contexts, in many different ways. Uh, in everyday life, perhaps even many more that you recognize, someone has given or done something for you, you have benefited from something, and you say thank you. And in doing that, you are, in fact, if you think about it, acknowledging some sort of relationship that is there. We acknowledge many in our lives, we certainly are very thankful for uh, our children and the things that we have and, and, and the relationships that are there, uh, and, and so on. But think about the complete stranger, even. You walk into a building, and there's someone ahead of you, and they open up the door. Not everybody does that, but some do. They hold the door for you, and you say thank you. And you walk on. You've never seen the person before. You never see him again. But yet at that moment, there is a relationship between two humans, if you will. It is to acknowledge and to say thank you. And it's a fellow human being made in the image of God that did something which was of benefit to you. It is simple humanity. The basic concept of a thankful sense expressed in words, expressed in deeds that are done, expressed in an overall way in our relationship with God simply comes out of the fact that we are humans created in the image of God. God has created you and I. He's put us into this creation and he has prepared for us the life that is best suited for us as being created in the image of God. That life includes, and its fundamental relationship, is that he is God, and we are his people, that is, we are dependent upon him. For every breath that we breathe, and every uh, morsel of food that we eat, and life itself is given to us by God for understanding the relationship, how we live before him. You are here because of God. And in that context, who you look to, who do you listen to? You know, the prophet Habakkuk, in Habakkuk 4 verse 20, in talking about the difference between the person who acknowledges God and the person who sets up some sort of tree or some sort of metal idol, bows down and says, you are now my God. And he says, the Lord is in his holy temple. That all the earth keep silence before him. That is, he is the one who speaks, and he alone. No one else speaks. He has given us the life that is ours, simply as humans created in the image of God. So there is no more basic relationship than that of God and man. No matter how one might want to deny that, and there are certainly many who do, cannot escape a fact that they are breathing God's air, living in God's world, eating God's food, 
And the life that is theirs is given to them by God. Psalmist expresses this with the concept of a relationship that is that of master and servant. It says, O Lord, truly I am your servant. It's a relationship in which there is uh, uh, someone who is uh, dependent and someone who looks to someone else for guidance, for life itself. But not in a sense in which we often, you know, we think about the idea of servanthood and negative thoughts are there fairly quickly. Uh, we think about the idea of a, of slavery. We think about being forced to do something for someone. God provided for Adam and Eve in the garden a place where man could live because he's created the image of God in which he could live in such a way because he was instructed to take care of the creation, to name the animals, to dress and keep the garden. He was instructed to do that not so that he would have to somehow uh, 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 please God or earn a stand before God or or have be forced to do things he'd rather not, but that's just the way it is. No, it's there because it is what life is for man created in the image of God. And the fullest joyful expression, the, 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 the term used in Sunday school this morning, sweet fellowship with God. Adam did not come into existence by himself. Mankind did not come on this earth by accident. He did not create the garden and determine its purpose. Adam lived, you and I are living in God's world. All that you live by and have and experience is from him and by him. But he has given it to you to enjoy. I think all too often, even in the sense of yes, we do need to acknowledge our sin. We do need to acknowledge how we have come and rebelled before God by our sinful nature. But all too often, even as those who know Christ as redemption, kind of express that part of it in terms of a very very sort of negative or sad aspect of things. God has given to you, and now has redeemed, restored you to, a life to enjoy in dressing and keeping the garden that is serving the Lord with all of your life. So all that you are, all that you are engaged in, is a life of service to Creator God. And as the psalmist seeks to express thankfulness, he begins with understanding that God is the benevolent God, the Creator God, the Holy God, who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, where there is fellowship, where there is a relationship, and that relationship is extended between God and man to enjoy and to be in communion. The concept of thankfulness is in its final analysis simply a matter of how the God of creation made us. Why are we thankful? Because we're made to be thankful. It is who we are created in His image. But now, 
understanding the reality of this basic relationship in terms of creation itself, who God is and who we are. We recognize that the psalmist, in his reference to us being a servant, is speaking in the perspective of being restored. Because through Adam and Eve we rejected God as our God, and we enslaved ourselves to Satan. And place ourselves in a situation, and there's the negative part of being a slave to Satan. And so, O Lord, I am your servant, I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. That language, the son of your maidservant, suggests the most intimate relationship of living to serve the Creator. And doing so by having been placed in that relationship by the undeserved free grace of God. The undeserved free grace of God. So when you think about thanksgiving, you need to expand this concept of relationship that you have with God in terms of redemption, restored to God. We are not only thankful to God because someday we can go to be with Him in eternity in heaven. Not only is thankfulness that which is implanted into the very nature because we are made in the image of God, it is that, but more so, it is the unearned. Where we deserve death and suffering and punishment. We have, been re- we have been restored to a life in which we are, once again, in the right relationship with God. Now, the connotation of servant, because now we continue to use that. I said a moment ago that by Adam we enslaved ourselves. We made, of, we made ourselves servants to be something other than God has made us for. We, we, we volunteered ourselves to be servants to Satan. But now, as the people of God, we are still servants. But that is because it's who we are, dependent upon people. But that is now a relationship which is pleasant. Which is truly from the heart that leads us to be thankful. And so he says, you have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the thanks sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. You see, the child of God having been enslaved to sin is now loosed from the bondage of slavery and is free to serve God. Service is who we are created in the image of God. We will either serve Satan or we will serve God. There's no neutrality whatsoever. When the psalmist says, I am your servant, he is rejoicing in that freedom. Freedom to be, once again, what God created us to be. A servant of God is a privilege. 
It is a joyful occasion. It is relationship based in grace and love. Now, if there's anything that we want to be thankful for, that we want to thank God for, it is, of course, first of all, the fact that we do have redemption. That Christ died on the cross, took our sins upon himself, that he shed his blood so that our sins are covered. There's no longer anything between us and God. Certainly, our thanksgiving starts at that point. And yet, it is not just to say, thank you. We ought to do that. You have to do that even uh, uh, perhaps more than you, you think about. As I said, we often maybe uh, walk into a store and somebody opens up the door and we say thank you and we don't even think about it. How often do you just simply say, thank you, Lord, that you have saved me? And yet, it's a relationship. We are placed now into a place where we enjoy. And therefore, we want to underscore what it means. Let me remind you of how the authors to the Heidelberg Catechism uh, speak of this. In that, in the first two sections, we are reminded very clearly of the fact that we are dead in sin and we need salvation. And we are then reminded very clearly how it is that we are saved by the blood of Christ. But then we get to the third section of the catechism. And it is a life. It is a life of thankfulness. A life of living according to the law of God and understanding. Not to earn anything because it is already our life. But it is to enjoy See, very often we, again, we have this, uh, if I may continue the illustration between the negative and the positive, uh, servanthood is kind of, all, well, yeah, I guess if I have to. Or the law of God, well, yeah, I guess if I have to, but I really wouldn't wear it not. No, it's the opposite. Servanthood to God is, thank you, Lord. And living according to his law is, thank you, Lord, because now we can live life as God has created us. To enjoy to the fullness. God has given you and he's reminded you. And, and we need to be reminded and exhorted from the scriptures of the consequences of sin. And turning away from God. To not just talk about what's going out there in the world and horrible sin. But to look at our own life. And yet, thank you Lord that I can now serve you. You see, the reality of salvation does not end with what our need is and how we are redeemed. But now be careful that you cannot do anything or affect your redemption to add to your redemption. Certainly what the third part of the Catechism speaks about in terms of prayer and, and the law of God is not so that by these things you can kind of add a little something. Maybe you can gain a little more extra that you can be more thankful. No, it's a life in response to God. Being thankful is not just once a year, though it is certainly appropriate to take time from time to time to reflect on all that God has done, to reflect on the great times of redemption that God has accomplished for us, particularly the cross. And so the psalmist states very specifically, let me read again verse 17, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. 
and call on the name of the Lord. You say, well, what do you mean an offering or a sacrifice? That's Old Testament. The offering is simply your life. Heidelberg Catechism number 32 teaches us that we are a living sacrifice. This is to give ourselves to God and to call on the name of the Lord. Now, we have here very specifically Hebrew poetry to offer to you to sacrifice thanksgiving and to call on the name of the Lord is really two different ways of saying the same thing. The Apostle Paul describes it this way in Romans 12, 1, in which he speaks about the sacrifice of our life, being a servant of God, is only reasonable. In um, Romans 12, verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. Now, we don't put ourselves on an altar and make a sacrifice, but your bodies as a living sacrifice, that is your life, which is your spiritual worship. So translation, the ESV puts it, your spiritual worship. It is a Get back to being who you are as God has made us. Think about that, your life. Truly biblical thanksgiving, not just out of a tradition on once a year on a declared holiday, though that's just great, but that which belongs to the believer, that which characterizes who you are and what we do as, as believers is to simply recognize the relationship with God. Whatever you do, whatever you are involved in, is to be described and understood as thankfulness to God. The Thanksgiving Day and the idea of Thanksgiving means anything at all, then it ought to be the culmination of a life of Thanksgiving. It is, again, the picture of life for the one who was created in the image of God. This is what it means to be a believer. I will call on the name of the Lord. Life restored begins with a life of worship. If we are sincere about offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving, then worship is at the core of that. How can we not be there? And call upon the name of the Lord when God has called us to do so. But both lines, as I said, are saying the same thing. Worship is where it all begins. We continue with our worship. Yes, it's important to distinguish between what we are doing right now, gathered together as God's people in a form of worship service. But worship, in its most basic sense, also means to serve. So, life tomorrow continues to be, and perhaps we can describe it in this way, what we're doing today is an uppercase W worship, tomorrow is a lowercase W worship, it is a life of service unto God. But if you are not, first of all, a person who regularly worships God, 
calls upon the name of the Lord, then you have no concept of thanksgiving. It may just simply be. I had a good, uh, I had a good day yesterday and, and a good meal to eat, and thank you. You are not really being thankful if you're not understanding that as a sacrifice to God. But the psalmist understands that his relationship with God translates into worship of God. Specifically, that worship is in the corporate setting of God's people. In the next verse, he goes on, verse 18, I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. But it's not just a certain part of life. It's not just to be in church on Sunday. Though it begins there. It is a response of a complete relationship. There's a place for a specific celebration. There's a place for Thanksgiving Day and the good things that go with it. But that specific Thanksgiving must come out of a life. Out of an understanding of a relationship. It is a life of service unto God. The pilgrims, of course, believed that in order for them to be faithful to God, they had to take that trip. And so having a day of a feast was simply the culmination of all that they are about. Whether we agree with their particular theology and all of that or what they did is beside the point. They were seeking to be faithful to God. They had given themselves to God. And yes, then they took a time to stop and say, Thank you. The child of God does not serve all kinds of other things. Each with their own purpose and each with their own goal. And then, and, and which is to say to other gods, my relationship. And then on top of that, while well, I'm also thankful to God, it was one small part of my life. Not at all. Thankfulness is simply to know who God is and who you are. And now you have been restored as you enjoy the day and all that goes with it. And I hope you do. It is good to celebrate. But I trust it will be out of a culmination of a life of thankfulness. Experience because you can join with the psalmist and say, I am your servant, the son of your maid servant. Let us pray. Our God and Father, we are grateful. We ask that you would receive from our hearts the thanksgiving that is ours for salvation itself. That you have sent your Son. You have looked upon us that we were dead in sin. You have not brought, even as you came before Adam and Eve, you have not brought death, you have brought life where death is deserved. And we thank you, Lord, for that life. Now restored in Christ, may we each day anew seek to not just whisper the words, thank you, but to sacrifice our life and service unto you. Use us unto that end to hold high the light of the gospel that others might see as well.
and to establish the kingdom of Christ. For it is in his name that we do pray. Amen.